here on this special day. It's Mother's Day today, and we're celebrating the mothers, but uh, we're also in God's house, and we're celebrating the Father of all mothers, <laughs> our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ and, and God the Father. So let's uh, lift him up and praise together. We're going to start out with the song, All the People Said Amen. You are not alone If you are lonely When you feel afraid You're not the only We are all the same In need of mercy To be forgiven and be free It's all you got to me Now but thank God it's all you need And all the people said amen sudden in this last week, pardon? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I, this last week I've had three different families tell me, oh, we're going to be at Magnolia Beach. Never even heard of it, but it must be a popular spot all of a sudden. But anyway, pardon? 
Is it? Oh, I thought they said Port Lavaca. Is it? <laughs> well, well, for whatever reason, there's people all there. Really? Well, I was going to say let's pray they have a good time, but let's pray they don't get icky. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, we got folks traveling for the holidays. Folks just. Uh, uh, having a great time with their moms today. So I praise the Lord for, for everyone that's here today, but also remember, too, to, to lift up a prayer for your mom. Let, give her a phone call if you haven't seen her lately or heard from her lately. Uh, just, just let her know you care. Amen? But let's go to Lord, the Lord in prayer right now. Let's just ask His blessing to be upon this service today. Father God, I just come before you and just ask you, Lord, to, 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 not, to shower down your blessings upon us. May we be able to leave here today saying that we just didn't just come and get our card punched. We didn't just come to church because mom told us to. We came and we stood in the presence of the one who loves us the most. So God, I pray your special anointing to be upon this service today. May your word go out, whether it be through a song, through a handshake, through the sermon, through a hug, whatever it is. May every one of us leave here knowing that we've been spoken to. And God, there's some in here that's going to have to make choices today and decisions. Maybe there's some in here today that are fighting and and, and dealing with things of the world or a, a, a nature within them that Satan is just, just really just screaming at them right now. I don't know. But if there's someone that has not surrendered to your ministry, I mean surrendered to your call of grace, there's someone who's not been saved through your blood, if there's someone who's struggling and they just need to listen to you, God, may this be the day that your will make, makes itself known to them. May all choices and decisions be made this morning. And may it be done through your grace, through your power, through your mercy, Father. Just pour out your anointing upon us and may we have a blessed day in your house. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As I said, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug. Just let them know it's good to see them today. Three, four. If you're in the battle for the Lord in right, keep on the firing line. If you'd win, my brother, so do you must fight, keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die fighting, it is no disgrace. A coward in the service, he will find no place, so keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, no even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. God will only use a soldier he can trust. Keep on the firing line. If you'd wear a crown and bear the cross, you must keep on the firing line. Life is but to labor for the master, dear. Help to banish evil and to spread good cheer. Great you'll be rewarded for your service here. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, no even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. Keep on the firing line. 
How we praise the Savior for the call we have. Keep on the fire and light. And when we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from the paths of sin. With a shout of welcome, we will all march in. Just keep on the fire and light. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the fire in line. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the fire in line. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we gather back to our seats this morning, I've got some visitors back there. It's good to see you all this morning as well. Praise the Lord. I didn't didn't make it back there. But just really, just a couple of announcements I want to make sure to grab a hold of. One of which, obviously, our Thursday night services every Thursday night. I want to encourage you to come to that. Be praying for our Vacation Bible School. Now, you may say, well, that's still a little ways off. Not really, if you think about it. Uh, in June, and this is May. So we need to be praying, not just for the students that will be coming, the kids that will be coming, but the parents of those kids, the grandparents of those kids, and also the teachers and and kitchen workers and those who are putting together all the ornamentation and everything right now. There's a whole lot of different aspects of Vacation Bible School that you could be praying for. Also, too, if you have not already volunteered for Vacation Bible School, you may say, I can't be here during that week. You might give them, Ms. Carla, maybe something you can do, something you can donate, something you can draw, build, something of that nature as well. But primarily, the, the most important thing that I think we could ask of one another is to be praying. Pray for that Vacation Bible School, teachers, children, and families thereof. Uh, a lot of time goes into that, but, but mainly it's God's Word that's going to go forward. And I pray, if we, can, if we can even just but plant the seed in a child's life as that child grows, when it comes time for the fruit to be able to be picked, they'll be ready. But we have to plant the seed to get it there. Amen? So, be praying for Vacation Bible School. And then also, too, this is Mother's Day. Being is how this is Mother's Day, this is an opportunity for us to, to remember our moms. So there is no service this evening here at the church, and that way people have the opportunity to, to say hello to their mothers, go do something with your moms, maybe go build something for your moms or cook dinner for your mom, something of that nature. This is an opportunity for us to, to say salute and honor to our mothers. So I'm going to ask Megan. Megan's agreed. Come on up, baby. Megan is going to take this right here. And I want all my mothers to hold their hand up. Not my mothers, but the mothers. <laughs> mothers in here. And Miss Megan's going to bring this bucket to you. And we'd like to honor you and say salute to you, Megan. Sherry, don't have her hand up, but let her pick one too. Can you see over them? Okay, go to everybody that's got their hand up, baby. Let them pick a rose. There you go. And this is our way to say salute, uh, to, to thank you for all you've done and to honor you. I just found out yesterday, as a matter of fact, the, uh, uh, just a quick little story. The, the, the person, the, the woman that kind of initially got Mother's Day to really take off, intended that Mother's Day be just a day for kids to take a, ro- a flower, to go pick a flower and take to their mothers on this day to say thank you. Well, 30, 20, 20 or 30 years, I can't remember now, 
afterwards, she actually petitioned the, the president to try to get the day taken back to do away with Mother's Day because, she said, she never intended for it to be commercial. She wanted just to be a child taking a flower to their parents. And, and I thought, how sweet and how incredible that is. So, same thing now. We just give you a flower to let you know that we do think of you and we care for you. Nope. Just a flower. Just a rose. Or in my wife's case, a new garage door opener. (laughs) I did not check to see whose day it was for scripture reading. John? Oh, John, are you ready, brother? Kind of putting you on the spot now, bro. I am sorry about that. I didn't even think to check till just now. Can I pray with you, bro? Father God, just lift up John to you and just, just ask that you take my brother here and just fill him with your grace, your, your mightiness, your majesty, and your mercy. And may we hear you through him. God, just bless him for his willingness to come and do this. Bless his family. As his, his daughter is handing out flowers right now, they all are just apart and wanting to be apart. God, I thank you for that. And I just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we hear you through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. There's uh, no denying, you know, that mothers and women in general play a very important role in God's kingdom. I'm very grateful for the loving and godly mother that God gave to me. And, uh, you know, she doesn't do it for recognition or praise, but the fruit's definitely there. And uh, God, God uses women in very powerful ways and often appoints them to do very important things in his kingdom. I've seen this in my wife and in my mom and in many of the others here in the church as well. And uh, we, we read in Luke chapter 1, how uh, the woman Mary found favor with God, so much so that she bore his son, Jesus, our Messiah. In uh, John chapter 4, we read of an encounter between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman was so amazed by what uh, Jesus told her that she told the people in her town about Jesus, and many of them believed as well. Uh Jesus taught an important lesson, uh, John chapter 8, about judging others uh, when, when they uh, brought a woman to him to be stoned to death. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what he was scribbling in the dirt, but it had to be pretty neat. Uh, wish I could see it. Luke chapter 7 has a really... Uh, you know, it's it's a very humbling uh, humbling experience here. If we if we read this, uh, Luke chapter seven, uh, a woman uh, found Jesus at Simon's house, uh, Simon the Pharisee, and she proceeded to wash his feet with her tears, and anointed her feet with his feet with uh, fragrant oil, and she kissed his feet and dried his feet with her hair. And uh, meanwhile, Simon was looking on judging her and also judging Jesus, too. If, if uh, he knew that this woman was sinful, you know, he wouldn't be letting her do this. But uh, Jesus rebuked Simon and taught him about forgiveness and judgment and forgave her sins, which really irritated the proud Simon. 
but uh, Jesus uh, later in verse 50 clarified that it was her faith that saved her. In Luke 8, uh, I'd like to read Luke 8, 1. Soon afterwards, Jesus was traveling from one town and village to other, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sickness. Mary called Magdalene, and seven demons had come out of her. And uh, Joanna, wife of uh, Chusa, Herod steward, and Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. And, you know, I often think about how mom, you know, supported me growing up through her, her possessions, and, and even now just the work that she does in the church and the support that she does, you know, with youth and, and everything else. Uh, Matthew 26, we read of a woman anointing Jesus from burial, and of course the disciples protested it, but then, as usual, the woman was right. <laughs> Jesus rebuked the disciples. So he, he said in Matthew 26:10, but Jesus, aware of this, why are you bothering the woman? She has done a noble thing for me. When Jesus was crucified, many women were there because they loved him. Uh, you can read that in Mark chapter 15, verse 40. There were also women looking on from a distance, among them Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, uh, I'm sorry, and of Joseph and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, they would follow him and help him. And many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. Is even, uh, you know, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, the first person who, you know, saw him was Mary. So it's really neat. Uh, and that's in Luke, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 28. So uh, anyway, I, I just would like to thank you all and uh, recognize the mothers this day and I thank God for you and uh, and uh, thank y'all for your ministry and of course uh, uh, it's amazing how God can use us all in his kingdom, isn't it? So I'd, I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer now. Our, uh, our Father in heaven, we you know, we celebrate our mothers this day. And uh, we, uh, you know, there's some of us who, you know, our mothers have gone on to be with you now, but we we, uh, we just thank you for them and thank you for, uh, you know, the, the work that they do uh, and, and how they help us and, uh, and how they uh, just, just the the wonderful way that you use them in, in your kingdom. And we thank you for, uh, for the blessings that uh, they bring us. And we ask now that you would uh, guide us and use us in your kingdom in a mighty and powerful way. We ask that you would be with Pastor Frank as he brings the sermon. We also ask that you would, uh, that you would uh, be with the music ministers and, and just... Uh, let your spirit be present today in, in our worship. 
And uh, we ask that you would use us in a mighty and powerful way in your kingdom according to your will. And thank you for your many blessings. These things we ask in the precious and perfect name of your Son and our living Savior, Jesus Christ. For yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. The Lord open praise together. Who are we that you would be mindful of us? What do you see? It's worth looking our way. We are free. Ways that we never should be the sweet relief from the grips of these chains. Like hinges straining from the weight, my heart no longer can keep from singing all that is within. Yeah, it is baby's 
Sweet, sweet, by 
had called me last night and said that he was on call and said if I asked if I would think about doing the music and the Lord kind of um, impressed on me about uh, how strong the ladies in our church are when it comes to prayer and especially moms and how sometimes as men we kind of forget about the power of that weapon that we have that God gave us. The Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through the Holy Ghost. They're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds, right? And that's through the power of prayer. And this is an old song called Prayer Bells of Heaven. Um, we did it a few times before I left about three years ago, but I hope some of you remember. Hopefully it, it won't be brand new to you, but uh, we're going to do this one together. Bless the Lord. Lift them up in prayer. And thank you, ladies, for praying for the members of our church and for your families. While we are living in this world of care, many the burdens we are called to bear. But there's a prayer bell at the Lord's right hand Give it a ring and we will understand Prayer bells of heaven know how sweetly they ring They're in the message on to Jesus the King When you are burdened down with sorrows and care Ring on and on and we will answer your prayers Three Hebrew children to the flames were thrown because a mortal king they would not own Jesus delivered in the kingdom song Prayer bells of heaven be the man-made law Prayer bells of heaven know how sweetly they ring Bearing the message on to Jesus our King When you are burdened down with sorrow and care Ring on and on and we will answer your prayer when Paul and Silas were both thrown in jail, they did not worry who would go their bail. But on the prayer bells they began to ring, all fell the stops and they began to sing. Prayer bells of heaven know how sweetly they ring, bearing the message on to Jesus the King. When you are burdened down with sorrow and care, ring on and Prayer bells of heaven know how sweetly they ring. Bearing the message on to Jesus the King. When you are burdened down with sorrow and care, ring on and on and He will answer your prayer. Ring on and on and He will answer your
for you. Um, I, I usually do a song that I wrote for my mom on Mother's Day, but uh, I wanted to share with you. It's on the same theme, um, basically, that, that uh, God was leading me toward last night. It's called If I Could Hear My Mother Pray Again. It was written in 1920 by uh, James Whitfield, and it's a, a real pretty song. Um, I hope you'll like it. But um, thank you for, uh, thank you mothers for all that you do for us and for praying for us. How sweet and happy it seemed Those days of which I dream When memory recalls them now and then And with what rapture sweet My weary heart would be If I could hear my mother pray again If I could only hear my mother pray again 
If I could only hear her tender voices then So happy I would be For it means so much to me If I could hear my mother pray again She used to pray that I on Jesus would rely And always walk the shining gospel way So trusting in His love I seek that home above Where I shall meet my mother Some glad day If I could only hear My mother pray again If I could only hear her tender voice is then So happy I would be Could mean the world to me If I could hear my mother pray again Within the old home place Her patient smiling face Was always spreading comfort, peace and cheer And when she used to sing Eternal King, it was a song that angels love to hear. If I could only hear my mother pray again, if I could only hear her tender voices, then so happy I would be. Would mean so much to me. If I could hear my mother pray again Her work on earth is done Her life crown has been won And she is now at rest with Him above In some glad morning she I know will welcome me To that eternal home Of peace and love if I could only hear my mother pray again If I could only hear her tender voices then So happy I would be would mean so much to me If I could hear my mother pray again Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. And as you're turning there this morning, let me uh, just relay. I, I meant to do this during the announcements, and I forgot. But Ann, a, a mother who's not with us today, she, had, she and Ted are up with their son up in... Uh, Copper's Cove, which she shared with me yesterday. I wanted to pass it along with you guys as well. I don't know if you remember, about three years ago, we as a church body gathered up a bunch of Bibles and we sent them to Byron's unit that was stationed over in Afghanistan to hand out. Well, yesterday, one of the young men, he's been back for a while, but one of the young men that was over there that was uh, received one of those Bibles, out of the blue, texted the uh, end to get with the church, and wanted to tell the church thank you because he's back. He's he's having some issues. And he's falling on some uh, sometimes uh, some things going on in his life. 
and he found that Bible that we had that was given to him over when he was over in Iraq, or excuse me, in Afghanistan, and he was he just happened to be opening that Bible, or he found it and he opened it and he said a peace just came over him and he wanted to let us know, even though it was several years ago, he wanted to thank us for sending that Bible overseas to him. So praise God, Amen. God gets the glory, absolutely. I don't remember his name. She sent me his name as well. But just know there was a young man that we've never seen. But God's word still touched just as it does many, many times. Amen? Hallelujah. In Romans 16. <clears throat> sorry. 16, starting in verse 1. This is Paul speaking here. And he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Centuria. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever matters she may require your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. Give my greetings to Prisca and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow countrymen and fellow prisoners. They are outstanding amongst the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet Impliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachius. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristribulus, Aristribulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow countrymen. Greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphania and Tryphosa who have worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyndicritus, Pelagon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philagus and Julia, Nerysus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send you these greetings. Now I share that this morning because I believe that the Lord's laid on my heart a message for Mother's Day out of that passage of Scripture that's fairly power, powerful. Of the 26 people who Paul singles out for these personal greetings. These are personal greetings, and he's, he's expressing to them, to these people by name, six of these were women. And that you know, that's rather interesting, since Paul has frequently gotten a bum rap for being a male chauvinist. When you, when you read some of Paul's writings, those who don't know the meaning behind the writing or have twisted the writings into what they want it to mean, call him a male chauvinist. And that Paul's far from that. But I think this shows us the tremendous influence that women had in the early church. Kind of like my brother Bob was speaking earlier. The women, especially if one of the primary things is being prayer warriors. But also, too, throughout the church age, they were ones who studied and, and wanted an intimate relationship with Christ, a, a, a just truly knowledge of who he was and share that with others. Paul cannot describe the church in Rome without mentioning the significant role of these women. And he even tells them that, that the entire Gentile church is beholding to them. 
that the entire Gentile church says thank you to these women. That, first and foremost, is an important thing to see here. But also, too, something that stands out to me, I just want to draw attention to it momentarily, it's verse 13. Many Bible scholars have gone round and round about this, but it says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, and mine. Now, this statement could be taken in two different ways. It could mean that Paul had two different women in mind, the mother of Rufus and his own personal mother. However, most agree, and this is where I go, I believe he's saying, salute Rufus and his mother, who was like a mother to me as well. He's calling out Rufus's mom saying, man, this is a a mighty woman. She's like a mother to to me. She's like a a mother to that that I, I, I just... Just greet her knowing that she is that special to me. Now that raises some interesting questions if you think about it. When and where did, did Paul meet this, this woman that has got such an influence? Where did, where did he meet Rufus's mother? Did she nurse him through one of the, the serious illnesses that, that came upon Paul from his, having to, his missionary journeys? Did she house him during one of his missionary's journeys? How, how did she actually come to form such an incredible, incredibly close bond with Paul. Why does he refer to her so fondly? Like, man, just, be, just thank her as she is just like a mother to me, as she is the real mother to Rufus. Now, my, one of the ideas that's out there that I kind of wonder as well, if you think back to the actual day of the crucifixion, you may remember Simon of, 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 Simon of Serene. If you remember, Simon was the man who carried the cross for Jesus, the soldiers came and, and grabbed him and pulled him out of the crowd and made him carry that cross when Jesus just couldn't finish carrying the cross there to the, to the inside anymore. Well, it said that, that Simon had two sons. If you remember their names, it was Alexander and Rufus. So you have to wonder, was this the same Rufus that Paul's talking about here? If so, that means his mother was Simon of Cyrene's wife and was there and saw everything if that is the same rufus that that means she possibly knew if not there and saw at least from a first-hand account from her husband knew exactly what had transpired that day and there was such a bond that was built there no one knows for sure who this remarkable woman is but it is impressive that paul says to that to the church welcome her thank her thank rufus's mother just like if she was my own mother. She served as a mother figure to me. Why she served as a mother figure really doesn't make any difference. But again, you see the importance that Paul is putting on this woman in the church. There are so many out there today that try to, to, I don't want to say demoralize, but try to to tear down the the women's role in the church. And that's not the word it's supposed to be. The women have an important, integral part of God's will and God's work within his church. What Paul writes here, though, speaking of these women, I think gives us a, an excellent Mother's Day sermon. As I was praying about what the Lord would have me speak to this morning, it just kind of spoke to me through these women, through Paul, and Paul's vision of, of calling Rufus's mother as his own mother, some of the important things that we should point out on Mother's Day, some things that we should say thank you to our mothers about. He said the entire Gentile church was saying thank you to these women. And I would say that we need to say thank you to our mothers as well. Now, some people say, well, you know, Mother's Day, that's a, 
it's kind of sentimental foolishness. It doesn't really mean anything. And I would say we need, we must admit there is some sentiment to this day. But what's wrong with that? It's good. It's okay to be sentimental at times. Just as when Paul was looking to the, to the Romans and, and, and threw in there and thanked Ruth's mother because she's like my own mother. A bit of sentimentality is healthy. Now, I understand there are some women in the Bible who present poor examples of motherhood. Just like there's women today who uh, abandon and abuse and corrupt their children or a, and create a poor role model. There are those women out there. Those women existed in the days of Christ. Those women exist still today. But I like to think that there are, those are the exceptions. I would like to think that most women, most mothers truly and deeply care about their children. That most mothers will go out of their way to do whatever is needed for their children. To try to help them, to inspire them, to move them. Most mothers, I would like to think anyway, do the right thing and deserve recognition. And if you want to call that sentimentality, so be it. I think we need to humble ourselves and just say, thank you. So, so this morning... That was the, the purpose of the rose that, that Megan brought to each one of the mothers out there. That was the purpose of that rose, is to bring out there and just to, to say thank you, to recognize your importance, to just to, to salute, to, to, to thank you, to let you know that we are thinking about you. We, we should salute our mothers every day, but at least the one day out of the year that is called Mother's Day. Now, I have a just a few points, a couple points that the Lord laid in my heart that I'd like to share with you this morning. Why, why do we say thank you to our mothers? Why, what are some of the things that God has endowed mothers with that we should be saying thank you about? And the first one that comes to mind, I don't think anyone would disagree with me that has been around any kind of relationship where there was a mother involved when you look at the persistent love that a mother has for her child. And I can give you an example of this, very, very front, front-headed knowledge here. As a pastor, I tend to, to have to be at the hospitals a lot. I go to a lot of hospital visits. I sit in a lot of hospital rooms, sometimes waiting rooms for, for many hours at a time. I spend a lot of time at hospitals. And one of the things I have noticed, waiting rooms wears out fathers a whole lot quicker than it wears out mothers. And I'm one of them. Fathers become impatient. They start walking back and forth. They start, hey, I'm going to go down to the, to, the, to the junk food thing. Or I'm going to go down to the cafeteria. I'm going to go down to the gift shop. I'm going to go take a walk outside. I'm going to go see the garden. That, that waiting around drives fathers crazy. Call me when they hear something. Or call me when something comes up. I, I've got to get out of here for a little bit. But mothers, they sit it out. Fathers become impatient and start bouncing all, all around. But the mothers tend to just sit there and stick it out. That, that mother's love just, just can't be denied. They are going to sit there and they are going to listen and they're going to wait and they're going to pray and they're going to sit there until they hear something. Now, I'm not trying to slam on dads. It's just God, I believe, has given that maternal instinct, that persistent love in a mother to just be there for that child, whether the child knows it or not. They're not going to leave that waiting room or that bedside. Years ago, I remember, uh, I'm, I'm kind of t- telling on this here, but years ago, I remember Caleb was very, very, very ill and in the hospital. 
And the doctor pulled me aside. He said, you have got to get her out of there. Talking about Sherry. I said, what? He said, she's babying him. She's doing everything for him. She feels so bad about how bad he's hurting, but he's got to get through this. Because she didn't want to leave her baby's side in that room. Mothers are that way. Mothers want to be there. Rizpah. I don't know if you remember the story of Rizpah in the scriptures. But Rizpah, very not a very nice woman in and of herself in the scriptures, but she had two illegitimate sons from Saul, from King Saul. Later, when David ascended to the, to the throne, he had these two sons killed because they had participated in a conspiracy that it wasn't that he just didn't like these two sons because they were illegitimate of Saul. They, they had, that, there was a lot of people who died because of these two boys, because of the conspiracy that they brought together. And, and David was like, this is, in, this is incredible. And he ordered their bodies to be not just hung, but hung on a public gallows. In other words, they are going to hang there so that they can be an example to the rest of the world. They, these two boys are going to hang, and they're going to stay there so people can learn this is what's going to happen to you if you do the same thing. Well, this is when Rispa comes back into the story. She knows of her two sons. She knows what has happened to them. And she goes to these two boys. Even though the, the, this execution site, it's already been done, but she begins an incredibly sad and, and lonely vigil at this execution site. And she is there, and the, the Scripture says that this, this, this hideous scene, that she drove the vultures away by, by day, and she drove the jackals away by night. She wasn't going to sleep. She was going to stay there by the bodies of her, her two sons, and she was going to do everything she could to make sure that the, the, the scavengers didn't touch those bodies. She was going to do everything she could as a woman but for her two sons to make sure the scavengers didn't come and, and defile their bodies. Well, when David heard this, David heard this story and saw the love of this mother that she had for these two, two men, he had compassion on his heart, and he went to Gideon, Gibeon, and he cut down those bodies, and he had them put into a decent burial. Not because they deserved it, not because they did anything that, 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 that required it, but because of the love of that mother coming back, even after death of those two boys, coming back and watching over them. Rizpah's heart there, if you will, her vigil speaks, I believe, to the persistent love of mothers. Mothers are, throughout the scripture and throughout the ages and throughout times today, still will do whatever it takes out of that persistent love oftentimes for their kids. Whatever they need to do. I, I'm, I'm not a big poet. I, I, I read a lot of poetry. I study poetry. But poetry is not my big thing. However, I do like Rudyard Kipling. If you've ever read Rudyard Kipling, he does have a, a, a poem. He says, if I were hanged on the highest hill... I know who would love me and follow me still. My mother of mine, oh mother of mine. And he goes on to the next one. He says, if I were drowned in the deepest sea, I know whose tears would still find their way to me. Mother of mine, oh mother of mine. If I were damned for body and soul, I know whose prayers would make me whole. Mother of mine, mother of mine. Absolutely. He understood the persistent love of a mother. Long after some fathers have, have, have disowned their children. Again, as a pastor, I see this. Our, our children make their own choices. Our children make their own pathways. And sometimes we disagree with it. And sometimes it, it, it gets so hard. And sometimes it's the fathers who says, you know what, I'm just done. 
the fathers long the fathers will disown and, and say, I'm done with this. But yet the mothers are still hanging in there. One more chance. I can't do that. One more try. One more time. There's a persistence there that 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 I believe that we as a people must salute. We need to say, this is what's going on, and I thank you for this. I thank you for that persistent love that you love me in the midst of my self. You still love me. I also would say that mothers need to be remembered and saluted for their tremendous impact on the lives of each and every one of us. Every one of us that's been born had a mother of some sort. Some good, some bad. I would like to think that we all had great mothers out there, but whomever and whatever, mothers have this incredible way of inserting themselves and helping to mold a person. I am convinced that, that the person who influenced Jesus the most, second only to God the Father, now obviously God the Father was primary and number one, but second to that was Mary. Now I don't mean to, to detract from, from, from Joseph's role there. I, I, I believe that if he had lived, he would have been there on the, the Golgotha as well. He would have been standing beside Mary. I think he would have been right there if he had lived. But she was there. Mary's role did not stop once she gave birth in that 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 cave that time. It didn't end once she had done that 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 physical duty. No. God kept her there. God used her to help mold and 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 make the personality and ministry of Jesus. God used her to to work on that young boy and as he grew and as he grew up. In fact, if you remember in in, in the book of John in the second chapter, John the Gospel, it says there at the beginning of the chapter, on the third day there was this great wedding feast in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Wherever he went, she was there. Wherever he was going, she was there. They were together. She watched out for him. She took up for him. She was there to help mold him. Mary was always around. Her love surrounded him. Mary stayed close to her son. Our mothers do that still today. Think about how close their relationship was. With the sins of the entire world upon Jesus' back. With everything being piled upon Him, He's nailed to this cross. He's got the sins of the whole world. He's been beaten. He's been flogged. He's been called names. He's got all this going on. But He looks down there. In in, in John chapter 19, we can see this story. But He looks down. And when Jesus saw His mother, the Scripture says, and the disciple whom He loved beside her, He said to her, Woman, behold your son. And then he looked over to the disciple, John, or looked over to the disciple and said, Behold your mother. And from that point on, she came to be with John and live in John's house. In other words, Jesus, even at the end, John, Jesus looked down and said, John, you take care of her. With the sins of the whole world hanging on his back, everything that he's gone through, he still looked down and made sure his mama was provided for. He still looked down and said, John, look at your mother. Mom, look at your son. You t- he will take care of you. I want to make sure because of the relationship that we have that you're taken care of. That same type of influence can be seen in many individuals throughout the Scriptures, guys. John Wesley, he says, he's the, the founder of the Methodist faith, but he says that Susanna Wesley, his mama, is the one who prayed for him and, and molded him into the man that he was. And he got into a lot of scrapes because of his beliefs. And he always knew, he wrote in one of his memoirs, that his mother, Susanna, was always praying. And he could feel and know when his mama was praying for him. Hallelujah. 
Abraham Lincoln, one of the presidents that led this country through probably one of the most greatest crises of all time. People like to say how bad our political system is today. It is bad. But it was pretty rough in Abraham Lincoln's time as well. But he writes in his memoirs that, that what got him through that, what made him who he was, he says, my mama made me who I am. She taught me to stand strong and to be a man of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In so many different ways, all of us have been influenced by our mothers. Some good, some bad maybe. But we need to honor them. We need to thank you. Thank them. And when we're going through those trials and we're going through those hard times, it's kind of like Bob just sang, to, sang it with us, or we sang with Bob just a minute ago. Some folks, their mama's gone on to be with the Lord. But if we could hear the prayers of our mother one more time, if we know that our mother is praying for us in the midst of the hard times, that may be the little bump we need to get us through. The other thing I would point out, we should say thank you to our mothers. Their persistent love, their molding of whom we are and praying for us as we get there. But also, too, have you noticed that where mom is is where the home tends to be? Uh, there was a story of a pastor, I, I can't remember where I read it, but it said that he went to this family, they, they just moved to Tennessee from Baltimore, Maryland, and he's talking to the young man, he said, so are you from Baltimore? And, he, and the man said, no, we kind of moved all over the place. My family frequently moved everywhere. So I, I guess, I suppose that home was wherever mama was. I think there's a lot of us in here that could identify that with that. The house is a, is a physical place. I know, I love our house. I love where Sherry and I live. We, we sit and we have, a, we, you know, a, we have quiet nights. In fact, I usually tend to fall asleep in my chair or something. And, uh, you know, we, it's a great place. But when all the kids come over, I can see Sherry light up. That's when all of a sudden she's smiling. In fact, she said four times probably yesterday, thank you for putting a bike seat on, the, on the, my bicycle so I could all the grandbaby around. I had the funnest day being with Candy and the grandbaby. When my kids come over, now it takes three days for my house to recover. And you got to step over things. Back Sherry said last night, why didn't you have them pick that up? Oh, I'm just used to it once kids have been here. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. But when they're there, that's when you smell the meals cooking. That's when she, she fixes up. In fact, I tell my kids, please come over more often. I eat so much better when y'all are here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I do say that. But anyway, you smell all the food and you get all these meals and, and the kids are laughing and joking or the boys will go out back and wrestle. It. Oh, sometimes I have to tell them to go outside still. But that's when everything, that's when the house is alive. When mom sees her children back around, when there's that energy working around them again, when everybody is just back where mom is, that's home. Wherever mom is, that's where home tends to be. When you're in that hard spot, I know this, maybe I'm speaking just for myself, but probably you as well. Have you ever been in that position where, you know, I, I think of a lot of different times when I was in the military or other places too where I just like, I'm going to die. You know, things are just, this is hard. It's, it's rough. And all of a sudden you go, you kind of close your eyes and you think, I hate to sound so psychodramatic, but you close your eyes and look for your happy place. And all of a sudden, that's when you smell the, the pie cooking or you smell that, that favorite meal of whatever it is or, and you see mom and you see stuff and you, all of a sudden you're at home in your mind again. 
we should thank our mothers for that. We should thank that person in our life who has provided that. I thank the mother of my children for giving me that. So many different places, so many different times where I can stop and say, thank you. So do I believe it's appropriate for us to single out a day in the year to recognize mothers? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I think there should not be a day that goes by that we do not call our mothers blessed. That we should not stop and lift up our mothers and pray for them. And let me say this this morning. Let me close with this, I suppose. The highest tribute that you can give to your mother, the highest honor that I feel as though you can give to your mother is not that you praise her. It's not that you give her gifts. I kind of agree with the, the person who started Mother's Day things going on. It, it, same thing with Christmas all the time. Things get so commercialized. That's not how you really pay tribute to your mother. It's not even paying a visit, which is incredibly important. You know what the best and greatest way you can, thing you can do to, to honor your mothers? Is to try to the best of your ability to be what they want you to be. To be the kind of person she wants you to be. That doesn't mean just come to church one Sunday because it's Mother's Day. It means if you know she knows Jesus Christ, you know what her number one desire is in her heart? Is to know that you know Jesus Christ as well so that she can spend eternity with you one day. The greatest thing she wants to know is to know that you're not going to burn in a devil's hell. And that you're going to spend eternity in God's glory. I saw a cartoon. It, it, I can't remember exactly, but the boy gives her a flower and says, thank you, Mom, she, or for all you've done. She said, well, thank you, but now, tie your shoes, wash your face, do this, do that. And the caption said, once a mother, always a mother. You may be thinking, well, if I spend eternity with Mom, I'll have to take a shower every day forever. Wouldn't you rather be able to do that than to know that you're going to be separated from her forever? You see, what I'm trying to say this morning, guys, praise God that Christ has given us mothers in our lives. But you know what? It doesn't have to stop at death. There's going to be a glad reunion in the skies for those who know Jesus Christ. And we should honor our mothers on this side of glory by, know, by letting them know that they'll see us on the other side of glory one day. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the greatest thing you can give your mother or the one, just like Rufus's mom, where Paul said she's like a mother to me, the greatest way you can honor your mother or that one who's like a mother unto you is to let her know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, Jesus said that whomsoever believeth, doesn't matter how bad you've been, it's where you want to be, where you want to go. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the sins of your life, they are the sins of your life, and there may be consequences to those sins. But he says, I'll put those sins as far as the east is from the west, and I'll wash you, cleanse you, and make you a new creation. Our mothers gave us physical life. But Christ said, I'll let you be born again with a spiritual life. A new being. A new entity in Christ Jesus.
you're here this morning, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, whatever the reasoning behind your argument may be, I would ask you to stop and contemplate that decision, that choice. Now, I'm not telling you just throw out words to make your mama feel good. Words doesn't save you. It's a changed heart that does. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you would like to change that this morning, you can pray right where you're at. You can pray at this altar. I'll pray with you. But you can make the choice, the decision, to accept Jesus Christ this day. And then, therefore, if one day when we're all gone, that mother that's accepted Christ, that child that's accepted Christ, there'll be a glad reunion to spend eternity together praising the one who made it possible. Now, if you're here today and you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've backed away, maybe you've backtracked, maybe you've gone a little different direction here or there, you can change that today too and say, Father, forgive me. I choose this day to be what you've called me to be. And the great thing is, if you choose to be what God's called you to be, you'll become what your mother wanted you to be as well. But only you can do it. Your mother can pray, 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 and pray. She can whip, 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 and whip. But the bottom line comes down to what do you choose? And I pray as Joshua, you would choose this day to serve the Lord. Where are you this morning? Honor your mothers this day. If you do know Christ and everything's great there, hallelujah, still give her a call. Let her know you care. Send her a card. Something. But just let her know that I love you. Thank you for all you've done. The Bible says, honor your mother and father so that all may go well with you. You know what the reverse of that is? If you don't honor your mother and father, it's not going to go very well for you. We need to remember that. Your decision, your choice this morning. Let's all stand. I want to encourage you to call your mothers. Let them know you care. But even more so, will you call your Heavenly Father through spiritual prayer right now? Will you ask God to come into your heart, move into your life, and make you who you are? When Paul was calling out those people that were important in the church, not only did he call out six women in that list, but one of which he said, honor her as, as, as if she's my own mother. A couple of the others, he said, the entire Gentile church owes their gratitude to them. Let's call our mothers and let them know we care. Amen? Father God, we just come before you this morning and just thank you for this opportunity we have to, to gather together again in your house, to lift you up and to praise you, and to just let the world know that, that you are Lord of lords and King of kings in our life. And God, those of us that do have our mothers still here on this side of glory, remind us, God, how important they are and that we are to lift them up. God, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people this day. Bring us through this day safely. Let us have great family reunions if that's what we'll be. But most of all, let us come, come tomorrow know that we've stood in your presence today and have chosen to live a new life the way you've called us to live. May your will be done, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If God's speaking to you this morning, this altar will be open. I'll pray with you. you can pray right where you're at. Maybe God's telling you to sing the songs today.
Whatever it is, will you do what God's called you to do? In Jesus' name. I need the prayers of those I love. Are important in the church. Paul says so, and I and and God said so. Even from the cross, don't ever look down. Look across and say, "Thank you, Mom. Thank you for all that you did." Amen. Amen. I remember, no service this evening. Uh, go honor your moms, your wives, and just go have a a great rest of the day. But just because there's no service here doesn't mean that Christ stays here. Take Christ with you wherever you're going. I know my mom's coming over and we're going to, we're going to eat and I got the watermelon yesterday. We're going to sit back and we're just going to have a, a good day. And I'm just going to give God the glory for it all. Amen? Praise that you will do the same thing this day. Alright, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up in all that you say and that you do and give God the glory for every bit of it along the way. Amen? Amen. Brother Brian, would you close us in prayer this morning? Thank you for our mothers. Lord, I thank you for our mothers and the mothers of our children. God, I just uh, I pray your special blessings on them today, God. Uh, uh, if we've been out of contact with them, Lord, I pray that you would work in where we can be back in contact with them, God, and just bless their lives, Lord. And, uh, I, just, I just pray, Lord, that, uh, that uh, your will will be done. Thank you for all the blessings you poured out on all of us all, always, Lord. And I pray that you bring us back here again. And thank you for our fellowship. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short of your perfect will. And I pray that you set us in the holy, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, guys. Go enjoy this beautiful day. If you'd win my brother, surely you must buy. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die fighting, it is no disgrace. A coward in the service, he will find no place. So keep on the firing line. Oh, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. God will only use a soldier he can. Trust, keep on the firing line. If you'd wear a crown and bear the cross, you must keep on the firing line. Life is but to labor for the master, dear. Help to banish evil and dispread your cheer. Great, you'll be rewarded for your service here. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave. Against all evil, never run or even lie behind. If you would win for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. Keep on the firing line. And how?
I will praise the Savior for the call we have. Keep on the fire in the light. And when we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from the past of sin. With a shout of welcome, we will all march in just keep on the fire in the light. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you were doing for God in the land, just keep on the fire in the line. If you would 